Hey everyone, welcome to episode 11 of the Orange Shoe Podcast and the first episode of our segment, Get to Know the Owners. The first owner I'll be speaking with today and introducing you to is Brent Herbert, who is the owner of Orange Shoe Fitchburg. Brent's been with the organization for over 10 years and is the third highest tenured individual in the organization. So Brent's been around for a very long time and uh, it was great sitting down and chatting with him. I asked him some great questions about just how he, you know, where he grew up and you know, some of his early passions, but we also dive into some really fun, thought-provoking questions that I think are gonna allow you to get to know Brent on a little bit deeper level. So sit back and relax and enjoy getting to know Brent Herbert. Hey Brent, welcome to the uh, Orange Shoe Podcast. Welcome to the first, you're going to be the first person on the Get to Know the Owner segment. So welcome. Thanks, Tom. Looking forward. I didn't know I was the first one. So now I got a lot of pressure to get up. Yeah, I know. I sent a few emails out and everyone kind of uh, ran to the hills and didn't want to do it. So you're the first (laughs) one that stepped up to the plate. So all right, I'll make it work. I'll make it work. Yeah, you'll blaze a trail for everybody. That's right. That's right. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and start, Brent. Um, go ahead and just kind of let everyone know kind of where you grew up, um, you know, um, kind of some of your early passions as a child, you know, kind of what were you into? What did you do? And then kind of um, you're kind of leading into like high school and then what made you decide to go to, you know, pick your college and stuff. So kind of like your early, early life. Sure, sure. So I was born and raised in a small town just west of Madison called Barneveld. Uh, claim to fame is that in 1984, it was wiped out by an F5 tornado. So that's how most people <laughs> know us. I, I was born a year later, so I didn't experience it. But my, my parents and my brother were there during it ha- when it happened. So I uh, definitely heard lots of stories about wow. that. But um, so born and raised there, uh, very active childhood, played you know baseball, basketball. Golf was my main sport, though. I took that up when I was 10 got pretty good at it, worked at Deer Valley Golf Course out there, put a lot of time in. Um, I used to literally play 18 to 45 holes every single day during the summer. Wow. Um, and I got to be pretty good, you know, not like I was going to be a pro or anything like that, but for high school level, I got to be pretty good. Um, and then uh, college, went to UW Lacrosse, knowing I wanted to do something active in an exercise field. And that school is very well known for that. And I was looking for some place where I could have a completely fresh start where I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody growing up in a small town, you know, everybody. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to go somewhere where I didn't know anybody and they didn't know me. And uh, lacrosse didn't have any Barneville people there. So that's where I went. Um, Obviously got my degree in exercise science, had every intention of working with athletes when I was, uh, at school and even did an internship in Florida where I worked with major league baseball players getting ready for uh, spring training, college football players getting ready for the NFL combine, some tennis players, some soccer players. And it was a blast. Obviously I learned a ton, but I realized that it's not very rewarding to try and help somebody take a 10th of a second off their 40 yard dash time (laughs) versus trying to actually make somebody make some sort of life transformation. Yeah. And uh, I came back to Wisconsin and yeah, kind of get in my orange shoe. Like I was Scott Mitchell's very first hire way back in the day. So 13, 13 years ago now, 
Yeah, you're one of the most tenured orange shoe people in the whole organization. Right? Yeah, you've yeah. been around like that's pretty much like you said your first job. Pretty much after doing yeah. the the athlete stuff was orange shoe, and you've been there ever since. Yeah, it's Scott and Katie were first, and then Lauren Burkle would be the next in line, and then it's me. Wow. So yeah, yeah it's been a long cool. time. <laughs> that's pretty cool. So um, what what you know, kind of diving into the the tornado. What are some of the, did your parents get affected by it? Where there was their house pretty much wiped out? Kind of like, what are some of the stories yeah. you've heard from that? Yeah, they, they were in a duplex and they had a car go through their living room window. Whoa. They happened, my, my dad was up in the middle of the night closing windows and then they, everybody describes it the same way. It sounds like a freight train. Yep. He had gone into my brother's room who at the time he was like four and he threw him into the corner of the bedroom. And my mom came running in, he threw her in the corner and he just laid on top of them. And they, you know, they basically just prayed at that mm-hmm. point to get through it. Um, obviously they survived, no injuries. Um, but, you know, lots of crazy stories, like their next door neighbors, they got lifted out of their room on a mattress and set down, you know, yards, several, you know, yards away outside mm-hmm. on their bed. Uh, you know, my dad tells me that he has two of his biggest memories. He remembers the smell of natural gas because okay. you know, it's leaking everywhere. And then 18151 at that time was just a two lane road, but they constantly heard screeching brakes and like crashes because people were gawking as they were driving by as the days after the tornado. Oh. Um, so there's all these people getting <laughs> rear ended all the time afterwards. So. Wow. F5. That's like the biggest one, right? Isn't that the yeah, biggest classified yeah. tornado? Yeah. 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 Anytime I think of F5, I think of the movie Twister. And right. Then, right. Like every, <laughs> every tornado in the movie gets like bigger, bigger, bigger in the end where they tie themselves to that little like, like well pipe or whatever with the belt and yes. they're like swinging in the air. <laughs> I don't know if you've gone back and watched that recently. I did a few years ago. The special effects at the time were like cutting edge. You look at it now, though, and the special effects are not so great anymore. Yeah, and they should kind of remake. <laughs> they should remake it and then make it with today's technology. I bet that could be probably pretty legit, right? Yeah, but they would probably no make it like way over the top, like they do a lot of movies now, and it just you would lose the lose the effect. But yeah, that it's movie probably sharp. haunted a lot of people. That movie gave me like every time I'd go to bed as a kid, you'd be thinking about you know thunderstorms and stuff, and you're thinking that you're you're dying that night because of a tornado. Right. And did your right. brother have any sort of like weird, like, did he, was he afraid of like thunderstorms and stuff after that for a while? Does he remember? You know, I don't know if I really have ever talked to him about like how he responded. I do know that when I grew up as a kid, like if you know how, if it's, th- if there's a thunderstorm warning or a tornado, tornado watch or tornado warning, like we didn't mess around. We went, yeah right to the basement like it wasn't even a question like if there was any sort of uh question of bad weather we were in the basement Mm -hmm. and i think everybody everybody in that in barnabas i think was like that um after the tornado but you know i was i wasn't born so i don't think i was i really grasped what was happening yeah at that at that time so yeah and you didn't you didn't experience like your parents had that like experience right. of their house being torn to shreds so like they right. had that like visceral response to any bad weather like we're not even messing around anymore like my grandma's right. house got hit by a tornado when i was like high school out in burlington and i remember just going out there after, in the aftermath after she like made the phone call to my stepmom saying like hey you know we just got hit by a tornado da, 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 da. and it was just like crazy to see that aftermath. You're so used to see it on TV and whatnot. And then when you actually get to see that like destruction and you could see the path of the tornado, like on the ground, right. it like went over her house and like up this hill. 
And you can then, once you kind of like get to the top of this hill, you see this subdivision. And I remember like walking to the top of the hill, can't see the subdivision. And then you stand on the hill and you just see all these houses. I remember picking up like, you know, canned goods, like cans of corn and like stuff from people's houses that were just scattered right. everywhere. And I was just Apparent, like, this is yeah. wild. Apparently there were like family photographs of other families in Barneveld that were found like all the way up in like Green Bay and stuff wow. like that. Like the storm just carried them <laughs> yeah. way up there. So um, yeah, obviously very, very powerful event. And uh, uh, June 8th, 1984 is a date that my, my family will always remember, especially my dad's birthday is actually June 9th. So it wasn't okay. a great birthday. It wasn't a great birthday the next day for him. Oh man. That. Yeah. That. <laughs> I could imagine. So yeah. uh, talk to you a little bit about your, your golf. So I know, um, you know, we've, we've gone golf and I think once or twice together yeah. and what, um, is it something that do you feel like you don't do enough now? Or do you, do you wish you could, could do it more or do you golf as much as a, you, as you, you know, would like? Oh God, no, I don't, I have yet to even touch a club this year. Okay. Uh, with the business being so busy. And then I, my daughter, she's almost three now. So she takes up a lot of my time as well. Uh, so I, if I do play this year, it'll be very little. I, I don't get to play as much as I'd like, but I've talked to a lot of clients and they say the same thing. Like, yeah, when I was your age and my kids were around your daughter's age, I didn't play very much either. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I could play a lot more, but it just takes so much time to play. Like if I wanted to play 18 holes, it's at least like a five hour commitment, probably, especially if you've got to have a foursome. So I'll get out there at some point, I'm sure, but I'll play mediocre. That's okay. You know, let's just get out there, have fun, maybe take my mind off, off things for a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're mediocre that, though, like still in the eighties for 18, like <laughs> high seventies, eighties, like that's how good you are. I remember we went golfing. You're like, yeah, it's the first time I picked up a club in X amount of years or whatever. And you're hitting the ball just like you, you know, it's like riding it's a like bike. It's like riding a point. bike. Yeah. It's yeah. like riding a bike, but you know, it's just, you get frustrated because I want to play like I did when I was in high school, but it yep. doesn't work that way. So yeah, you lose that right. touch. When I retire, then I'll play a lot again, probably. Yeah, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I've been golfing the most I've golfed in a while. My buddy just got a, a, a membership. He lives over by the Stoughton Country Club. Sure. And so he got a membership this year. That, um, and so I've just been going a lot with him over there at Stoughton Country Club. And we tee off at like 530 in the morning because that's like the only time. Like he's super right. busy and I'm like, I'm busy through the day. And so the only time we could really do it is like 530, super early. No one's on the course. It's just me and him. We'll get 18 in in like two hours, two and a half hours. Yeah. That's so fun. that's like the best way of golfing right now. Like I refuse to golf on the weekends because it is just, yeah. it's a madhouse. Like you said, it's a five, six hour commitment on the weekends because inevitably you got three, four sums ahead of you that are all walking that all think they're pro right. golfers. So they're lining up every <laughs> shot. They're picking grass and throwing it in the air and they take 14 practice swings. And next thing you know, it's midnight and you got on the course at noon and yeah. it's just, it's, it's just too long. It's just really too yep. long. Agreed. So, um, so tell us a little bit about when you got into, so what kind of drew you to Orange Shoe? Was it just like a job posting? Um, how did you find Orange Shoe and how did you get involved? Yeah, so I came back uh, after my internship. My now wife was going to physical therapy school at UW-Madison and I wanted to obviously be with her. So I moved to Madison and I was just looking for a job and there was a job posting. I applied and there's a couple other places I applied to as well, but Orange Shoe just seemed to be a good fit. Uh, obviously, I really want to do the personal training. I like the idea that like I was designing my programs, you know, because I interviewed some places where it's like cookie cutter. Yeah. Everybody does the same thing, uh, that sort of thing. And 
you know, I just wanted to prove myself that I could, that I could do this. So um, take what I had learned working with athletes and try to apply that with the general population of people. Um, And, you know, Scott Mitchell, you know, seemed like it was a pretty good guy. And I'm like, what's the worst, what's the worst that's going to happen if I hate it? I've got to, I'm going to leave. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, we certainly, we certainly had our ups and downs, but it was, it was worth sticking around for us, obviously. So it was good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so how did you um, kind of um, let everyone know about your, like, who's your wife? And then how did you guys meet? And then yeah. you guys also got a three-year-old daughter. So talk yeah. about her a little bit. Yeah. So Laura is my wife. Um, we met at UW lacrosse our okay. sophomore year in the dorms and um, been together ever since. So it's, we're going to have our 10 year wedding anniversary in September. Oh, congrats. She's a, uh, thank you. She's a physical therapist for SSM and she's been there for, I want to say like seven ish, eight years, somewhere around there. Um, and then we had our daughter, Brooke, she'll be three in, in September as well. And um, she is just a, a crazy little girl, which in, in, in the best <laughs> way possible super fun, super imaginative, uh, keeps us on our toes for sure. And, uh, yeah, kind of just having fun living, living life right now with those two. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's cool that she's like in physical therapy too, because he is, are both very like health focused, but with her, like, especially as like being a trainer, it's always great to have somebody who is in a different realm in the wellness. Cause you could probably ask her a lot of things like, Hey, I have have a client who's dealing with this kind of like nagging injury. Like, what do you, what do you recommend? Like, I think it's so great to have somebody like that in your, in your pocket. Um, because she could probably, I'm sure she's probably helped you a lot with a lot of different things when it comes to the physical therapy side of things. No doubt. She definitely gives me things to think about like, okay. Like, cause obviously she's not there and she's not hands-on, but she can be like, well, have you asked them this question or have you, have they tried this movement and blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. she's definitely a great resource to kind of pull from. Yeah, absolutely. And I know like you're saying how you worked with athletes and that's kind of how I started. It was like, when I went to school, I wanted to go to, for, um, I wanted to go with uh, strength and conditioning, working with collegiate mm-hmm. athletes and stuff. And then, like you said, you kind of run into, you start working with these athletes and you realize that like the gratification of like working with them. And a lot of them, like a lot of people I worked with just were like, they were just so naturally gifted. They didn't want to work hard. And they just yeah. like, just took for granted that they were just really good at their sport. It got them to this point and they didn't really want to be in the weight room. They didn't really want to take your advice or your coaching or anything like that. They just think that like, they're the greatest thing, you know, on earth and nothing could affect them. And it just, you just didn't, you didn't get that. You didn't feel that from that client. Like when you worked with them, you didn't feel like that, that gratitude or like you, or you didn't really feel like you're making much difference in their lives. Right. And so that's what it's like. That's what attracted me to personal training was, you know, being able to affect someone's daily life, like you said, and, and to have somebody, you know, be able to live a functional life, you know, by raising kids and working a, a full-time job, but also somebody who's going to be very thankful for what you're doing and, and really see the benefit of it. And, um, that's one thing like you talked about with like finding orange shoe, writing your own customized programming. And I think that's one thing that like, I think a lot of gyms offer personal training, but the only thing personal about it is that you're just working one-on-one with somebody. Right. The workout is not actually customized, you know, right. for you. And that's one thing I think is such a benefit at orange shoe is, is the customization of the actual program. Like what you're actually going to be doing that day is so beneficial because we're going to be able like that session is programmed with you in mind 
and your limitations, your goals, your, your, your stressors of your job and just being able to like really customize it to you. And it, it that's really, I think that's, that's what personal training is. It's not necessarily right. the, the fact that it's one-on-one, it's more so the customized programming. So right. that's right. really cool that you touched on that. And the fact that you were able to have that freedom to program. And so over the years now with being at Orange Shoe, you know, um, you've probably worked with a lot of clients. Like I, you probably can't even put a number on. It's probably been, a, you know, how many, how many different clients do you think you've worked with? Is it like 500 I mean, different ha- people, probably a thousand <laughs> different people? I, I honestly couldn't even put a number, but I mean, sure, certainly yeah. would probably be in the hundreds, but yeah, yeah I, I don't know if I could even put a number on it, Tom. Yeah. But, yeah. And then are you currently working with anybody that you started day one with at Orange Shoe? Or oh, yeah. is that client still at the gym? Like, do you have, how many clients do you think you're still working with that, man, they've been with you since the start? I, I definitely, there are a, a handful of clients that like for pretty much the entire time I've been at Orange Shoe are, are still there. So it's actually kind of amazing to think about, like, I've got several clients that have been there for at least 10 years. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot of people that have been with me for a really long time, which is super cool. Cause obviously it tells you like, we made a great connection. We get along really well. Um, they're still seeing the value and the benefit of, of uh, our programming and what we're trying to accomplish. And obviously life has changed in 13 years for both me Absolutely. and that client. You know, maybe the client at the time when I first started working with them was, you know, 60 years old and now they're in their early seventies. Things are a little bit different. You know, maybe they have joint replacements now or they're focusing so much on their grandkids and they're retired and life is a little more easygoing, you know? Um, So it's fun to kind of have to adjust their, their plan based on where they are in life. When I think about, I wish we, I still wish I had some of their workouts from when they first started, but when we first started, everything was paper and pencil. Yeah. And we had these blue folders and then we would shred everything after a couple months because we just didn't have the space to keep all these workouts. So we didn't, because we didn't turn uh, everything into electronic records probably until like nine years ago or something like that. So it would have been, it would be cool to be able to go back and look if I could, but. Oh, absolutely. That would be really fun to, and just to see where like, they might be 10 years older, but they're now actually right. fitter or stronger than they were when they joined when they're 60. Like the right. things that they're able to do now, or they were having, you know, you might've put in your notes, like they had a hard time getting through the 30 minute, but like back then you guys were doing hour sessions. So yeah. like had a hard time getting through the hour session. And now like they get through these sessions with ease. They're not, you know, they right. not with ease, but they could get through them and feel great and not feel, right. you know, super spent. And so, yeah, those are those little notes or the things, but also looking back on some of the little notes, you know, about what they were doing at that moment in their life. And, right. you know, that could just be, it's really cool. That's what's one thing I love about what we do at Orange Shoe with the fact that we track everything from the moment someone joins the gym, their first workout to the moment that they step away from Orange Shoe. We literally have every single session, every workout they've ever done, every weight right. they touched in and just notes about them and like what they were going through and in and, and that life and what they were doing that weekend. And it's really, you know, really buying into developing that relationship with the clients because that's ultimately going to mean more in the long run than the workout. I always say like a trainer can be the best trainer when it comes to X's and O's with a workout, but if they can't develop a relationship with somebody and, and, and portray their message in, in, a, in, a, in a way that 
uh, resonates with that client, like that person's not going to continue working with that trainer. And I think that says a lot right about on. you, where you have a lot of these clients that are just these tenured clients that, man, there, you know how many gyms have opened and closed in Madison, Fitchburg area <laughs> over the last 10, 15 years that any one of those clients could have been like, you know what, I'm going to go try this place. But they've been right. like, no, I'm staying with Brent. Like I trust Brent and I'm staying at Orange Shoe and they bleed orange at this point, which is right. really cool. Really, really cool. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And so how do you feel like since day one, Brent walks into Orange Shoe to now today, Brent, how has Brent changed as not only a person, um, but not as like a person, but also as a trainer and what he finds valuable today and how he trains his clients today compared to how he was training his clients when he first started? Uh, well, I mean, 22 year old Brent and 35 year old Brent are certainly very different as anybody would be yeah. in any profession at that point. Uh, just because of my ability to relate to, you know, when you're 22 years old and you're dealing with somebody who's working, you know, 60 hours a week, they've got kids, family, they're super stressed, you know, at 22, how do I relate to that? Right. So now at 35, I have a much better understanding and I think it's much easier and quicker for me to make connections with um, new clients especially and because I, I can actually say like oh yeah yep I, I know exactly how you feel and I can design the programs a little more efficiently because I know exactly what to expect from that person um, so that kind of leads to like that's what I kind of value a little bit more is really understanding like how does their outside life affect their gym you know, cause at 22, I'm just getting started. I'm just like, why are you not just doing what I tell you to do? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm giving you all this great advice. I'm giving you these homeworks. I'm telling you what to eat. You're just not doing it. Why aren't you doing it? And it's like, oh, wait, now I get it. There's a lot more to this on the psychological and emotional side of things and health and wellness that um, you don't really think about as a 22 year old. Cause a lot of times life is just great and grand. Yeah. Uh, you got all the energy in the world, right? All the energy in the world. And you don't have any distractions and you know, you're just like, why, why can't they just do what I ask them to do? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wish it wish I wish it was that simple. Right. Um, but also too, I think, you know, just aging, right. You see how your body feels, right. you know, like, you, know yeah. you feel yeah. 22 years old, you could run your body through a meat grinder and wake up the next day and feel great, you know, but 34, 35 years old, that's just not the case anymore. And so now you say you're working with clients that are 50 and 60, you really start, you start to really start to understand the toll in which the workout that they did on Tuesday and how that's going to affect them when they work with you on Thursday and what they're going to be feeling. Right. And I think that that's a, that's a big thing. I think it's misunderstood for a lot of people is like when they're working out by themselves and not understanding that a personal trainer, you know, one that's, you know, good at their craft is really going to be able to anticipate soreness and anticipate how your body's going to feel in right. two or three days. And that's where that customization comes in where that workout is going to be a benefit to you in two or three days. And it's not going to be another beat down on top of what you're already feeling. And I think that's something as a trainer, when you're, you're progressing in your career is the understanding of that right there. Well, and people, and, it, and it's hard to get even clients to understand, but like how important recovery is. Yes. It's not, it's not just, yeah, you got to work hard, but if you're going to constantly beat your body down, beat your body down and never allow your body to actually recover and rejuvenate the workouts and the gym are going to start to suffer. And then you're not going to be able to put in the effort that you want to put into it because you're just beat down. Mm -hmm. So doing, doing the little things to recover, like the stretching, the foam rolling, eating properly, getting enough sleep, maybe even, you know, periodically taking some days off, you know, just yes. so that you can, you can chill and 
not always pushing it to the max, you know, mm-hmm. like you don't have to do heavy bench press every single time you come into the gym or every week, like you can deload periodically, you know, just give your body a little break. Absolutely. Uh, I always tell people like, you know, you, the gym is where you break down your muscle (laughs) when you're home. That's when you recover, you actually get results. The results come during the recovery process, not at the gym. So like the gym is where you're beating yourself up and damaging your muscle. So we got to make sure that we're like you say in sleep. And I think a lot of people think that just stretching or taking a day off, but there's a lot of other things that factor into the recovery process. Like you said, like sleep, water intake, stress management from work, things like that. And like, sometimes, you know, it's, it's it. We've, I've had clients and I've literally have told clients before, Hey, I do not want to see you at all next week. You're taking like, especially when they start having all these little acute injuries pop up, like, Oh, my shoulder, my bicep, my back. And, and they have all these weird things that are starting to pop up just out of the blue. It's like, all right, next week, I want you to take a week or two weeks off. I just want you to focus on walking, sleeping, getting some really good water, things like that. We'll see you in two weeks. I do not want to see you book. And sometimes as a trainer, we need to just pretty much tell our clients, like you need to take a rest. I know it seems counterintuitive. Like I need to be in the gym, constantly pushing the gas pedal, but sometimes we'll see the most results by just taking some time away and just relaxing. Right. Uh, Yep. Absolutely. All right. So we're going to go into, like I was telling you before we started, I got some of these uh, for people that, you know, obviously can't see, see us right now. I have these cards and they're called Holsty reflection cards. And these Holsty reflection cards are great. Um, This almost sounds like an ad right now. (laughs) (laughs) You get sponsorships. Yeah, I know. I know. I should start getting paid for this. So these Holsty reflection cards are great for anybody looking for um, conversational conversation starters um, for, when you um, are like hanging out with family or your significant other, Kelly and I got them because we were so sick and tired of going out to dinner with each other and constantly talking about work. So we got these cards that have a lot of different questions that spur really good um, conversation. And so during these get to know the owner segments here, I'm going to pull out some of these cards and I'm just going to ask these questions. And we're looking for just kind of fun, quick responses to these, you know, maybe a two minute response, one minute response of just kind of answering it. Some of them are going to be really fun. Some of them are going to be maybe take a little bit more time or more thinking. Um, but let's go ahead and start rattling some of these off brand. So right. the first one that I have lined up, these are in no specific order. I just kind of picked them and, and uh, went with it. So the first one, what is the worst place you've ever tried to sleep? Where? So where? <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, worst place I ever tried to sleep. Well, I could tell you a recent example that popped up in my head. Uh, my, my, my daughter got sick and um, she was having trouble sleeping through the night. So I thought, oh, I'll just lay next to her. She's in the crib. I'll just lay on the floor next to her. Just let her know I'm there. <laughs> Three hours later, I wake up and here's where that 35 year old body already, I wake up and I just like, oh, that was not a smart idea on a hard floor, laying flat, did not feel great. The sacrifices um, parents will make. <laughs> so that wasn't great. Um, I'm sure, well, you know, a sh- uh, not, not trying to brag but in college i think there was one time that i passed out in the back seat of a car oh yeah uh oktoberfest in lacrosse yep uh, that's so, a yeah, popular probably, lacrosse. yeah so that probably was not that was probably the worst place i mean that's kind of a i've never tried to sleep on a bed of nails or anything like that that would be <laughs> <laughs> i like to remember awful. though it, it's remember when i was in the military and we were in basic training and you're like so sleep deprived in basic training you're constantly moving and running around doing stuff and we were doing a learning how to drive tanks and the back of a tank is not really comfortable. Everything is hard steel yeah. around you. It's not comfortable at all. 
but we would rotate one person would be driving and like three other guys would be in the back of the tank, just going along for the ride while this guy was driving and he's, you know, running over trees and like doing all this crazy stuff in this tank. But it's amazing how you would fall asleep in the back of this thing. Yeah. You just have your helmet on to protect your head from smashing at steel and your head would be slouching and you'd be swinging <laughs> around in the back of the tank. And I'm like thinking we would just all start laughing. Cause like, can you believe we're so tired that we're falling asleep in the back of a tank that's like running over trees right now. You think yeah. you'd be wide awake. So that's one of the first things that pops in my head when I think. Of that well, question. I think so for me, you, you obviously have way worse sleep experiences than me. Cause, but I, cause I figured out very early on in my life that great sleep is so important and I'm very, I try to really follow a sleep routine all the time. So making sure I can, you know, have a comfortable place to sleep. I'm falling asleep relatively at the same time every night. I'm waking up relatively the same time because I just know how important sleep is. Oh, so good. Um, so I, and I, I figured that out pretty early. So I didn't put myself in a lot of positions where I knew I was going to be in, in a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah. Sleep is like, yeah, I would say it's the best performance enhancing drug out there. You right. know, sleeping, have it dark, have it cold and try to get to sleep around the same time and wake up around the same time. You're going to get your body right. in such a great routine. That's you're, right. you're going to, you're going to see so many benefits. All right. So question number yep. two, if you could spend a day as any animal, which would you choose? Ooh, um, I guess you'd have to do like a bird, weren't you? Some bird of some kind, right? That's so what I was thinking. Like, you know, some sort of majestic bird that's not going to get preyed upon so maybe like uh, a bald eagle maybe because you yeah. know nobody nobody wants to go after bald they, they don't have any threats besides humans so i yeah. think that would be my first initial answer but a dog too just because they're so well taken care of yeah right yeah so they don't have too many threats either right very domesticated right. and you got everything given right. to you yeah and you get love and affection and life is good for a dog for the most part but i think eagle would probably be would have to be number yeah, one. That was my first when I first read this card. That was the first thing I thought of was flying. Um, the other day, Kelly and I were for a walk and we saw a um, a blue heron. And as we walked past yeah. it, it started to fly. And I was like, wouldn't that be so cool if we could just do that? Just like flap our arms <laughs> and just take off. Like how awesome would that be? But another one, I'm very interested in the ocean. I, I love anything yeah. kind of ocean related. So I always thought maybe like a dolphin um, would be really cool. Something that's very agile. Also doesn't have sure. a ton of, you know, doesn't have a ton of animals trying to kill it. Um, even though are, there are some but I think it'd just be really cool to dive into the depths of the ocean and just kind of explore um, yeah. like, a, like a dolphin can. And I think um, just because, you know, we're on earth and we've been all been in airplanes. And so you kind of experience flying to some nature. Um, but I feel like the ocean is very undiscovered. Like I, I think they say, I don't know if how true this is or not, but they say we know more about outer space than we do about the ocean. So right, the deep just levels. Be, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it'd be kind of cool to be something um, in the ocean as well. Well, I'm not much of a water guy, Tom. So, okay. you know, that you, you, you can have the uh, ocean. I'll, I'll stay up in the air. All right. So you become an eagle. <laughs> I'll become a dolphin. We'll meet somewhere and share experiences. Really cool. There we go. That works. That works. <laughs> All right. Question number three. If you were able to go back um, in time 10 years and tell yourself one thing, what would it be? 10 years. Oh, okay. What was I doing at 25? Um, I would tell myself, probably to just relax, you know, because I mean, you just, you, you do, sometimes you get wrapped up in life, right. And you kind of get stressed out about things that you really shouldn't stress out about sometimes. And you yeah. have to remind yourself to put things in perspective and you people, it's really easy to get pessimistic about things. 
um, and always look on the negative side of things. And, you know, I find myself, I get trapped in this too, you know, like anybody during COVID, it's really easy to get trapped into the, oh my God, is this never going to end? Oh, the world is coming to an end or, you know, bad things are happening. You look at the news and it's just always negative stuff all the time. And so just trying to remind myself like, hey, humans have lived life for hundreds and thousands of years, hundreds and thousands of years now. And we all seem to make it work. It's not going to be perfect, but for the most part, if you just live your life, enjoy being with your friends and family, um, have some hobbies, some fun things to do, like you're going to do okay. You know, and mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, you know, hopefully knock on wood, the, the world is not going to end anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, I think at that age you're constantly, at that age, you're constantly wondering like, what's next or what am I going to do? Right. You know, what is my life going to turn into? Am I going to be successful? You know, when will I buy a home? Am I going to have kids? Like you're just constantly like right. constantly always, you're always looking forward. And, yeah. Right. You're always looking forward and you forget to sometimes just be in the present. And I think that's one yeah. of the things like I've really trying to uh, embrace more is not always looking so far into the future and right. always just like, just live for the present, like enjoy, right. like at the end of the day, all we have is the present. And so just like enjoying that and, and being grateful for what you do have and not constantly always wishing and hoping for more and just, you know, or chasing the Joneses and like, just, you know, just like really just be, just be you and be who you are and realize like what's actually important to you because I think sometimes when you actually sit down and start thinking about what's really important to you, it really helps you get clear on like, it helps you not start to worry. And you were like, you know, like, I'm actually really happy with where I'm at. Like, I don't want anything really more. And when it really boils down to it, it's the simple things in life that bring you the most joy, which is just spending time with friends, family, having, like you said, a couple of hobbies that you really enjoy doing. And that right there is, I think what, what life is all about. So yeah, that's really good. Um, Number four here, if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about life the world or anything else, what would you want to know? Mm. This is a very deep thought provoking. Yeah. This is the one that might take question. a while. It's a thing. Um, what would I want to know? I mean, I mean, I hate to be like cliche, but isn't it kind of like, if you have that chance, isn't it kind of like, Hey, are we alone or is, is this it? Like, are mm-hmm after this life and is there something more is there not something more um or are we truly alone in this universe or not i mean i don't i don't want to try and get all into ufo conspiracies because i'm not a big believer in that uh i do think like there's life somewhere else in the universe there has I don't know to be it's I, so big right I, I don't know if i buy that life has come and visited us Right. And that we have tiny green aliens visiting earth or something like that. But I think just feel like there's gotta be life somewhere and it would be kind of cool to like, find out we are not alone in this yeah. world. Um, and just, you know, you, what do you really think about again, trying to get th- deep thought provoking. If you're a believer in evolution, all the things that had to line up and go certain ways over the courses of millions of years for life to take the form that we are now, and that we have all this intelligence, like it's just kind of mind blowing to think how we got to where we are from one single cell organism. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And where where are we going to be in another million years if we're still around? Um, yeah, so those are the questions that can kind of keep you up at night when you start. Really I know, about right? That you stuff. just you kind of just going and you just go in cycles, right? You just kind yeah. of think in cycles. 
Yeah. So, I was, I just saw a stat right before we got on here. It was talking about UFOs and there was a stat um, that was posted that like 65% of people believe that there is extraterrestrial life. Right. And I mean, just because of Hollywood, we all think that extraterrestrial life means, like you said, little green aliens and, and walking around and people that with right. shaped heads and eyes. Um, but I think it's extraterrestrial life could be anything like a single cell organism. Right. And that's right. another life right. form. And um, I know it's it's been really interesting the last year. I mean, I, with the government releasing all this UFO footage now and all this stuff. And I always find it funny that all this UFO footage is always the most grainy. Looks like someone took it on a fl- <laughs> on a flip cell phone. Like I, I pulled out my Samsung Motorola Razor and the and the UFO was like you know 600 yards away and it's the most grainy right. photo in the world. We have the most beautiful like the greatest technology of cameras and infrared and all this stuff now, but we can't for whatever reason find to ever have a camera that is worth a damn to ever catch one of these UFOs in right. real life. Like that's where I'm like I would like to believe that there's else life form out there, and I think how cool would it be to actually see a UFO and like wow that is definitely only something um that would be really cool um but it's just like i need a better quality video to really get me to believe that and it's always at night i feel like too i mean (laughs) i I get it maybe that if they are aliens they think that they're not going to be seen at night or something but they're shining this bright light all the time like why are we never capturing any of these things during the day maybe i'm wrong maybe there are things i just don't know about it but yeah yeah I was watching the movie this over the weekend. Kelly absolutely hates these types of movies. It was the new Chris Pratt movie, Tomorrow War yeah, on Amazon. Yeah. And um, so I was just watching that because I like Chris Pratt. So I'll, I'll watch his stuff. But um, it's all about like fighting a future war to prevent the war from ever happening in real life. So like Chris Pratt gets brought into the future to fight this war that's going on against these aliens that are just ridiculous looking. And he learns what he needs to learn in the future so he can come back to the present and try to prevent the war from happening. So it's and- Terminator. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) And um, it's, yeah, it's just, but I was like, you know, it would just be really cool to have like, um, so that movie kind of made me think about the alien stuff. And then there was another movie, uh, there's actually a show on Netflix called, um, what is it called? I just started watching it the other day. I, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna guess on the name because I'm gonna mess it up. But the whole idea of the name or the show is that these people took off in an airplane. Somewhere along the flight, something happened they land and they landed five years later. So they took off in 2013. When the plane landed, it was 2018. None of the people on the flight aged at all. And I was like, how cool would that be if something like that popped up in the news that something like that happened? And all these people on the plane were presumed dead. Their family members had moved on. Everything, like everything kept happening. And then they landed. Everyone's like, whoa, what just happened? And I was like, I would love for something like something crazy like that to happen in real life right now to just like shock the world and get us all to be like, I think that would just be a really cool like headline. I think there would be some chaos with that sort of thing. Absolutely. (laughs) Like, I don't know if that would necessarily be a good thing just because, you know, you would, there'd be just people going literally crazy. Yeah. um, And, you know, uh, panicking maybe would be a good way to put it maybe there'd be a lot of panic (laughs) yeah there would be a lot of panic all right next one uh what does a perfect day look like for you a perfect day yep uh well let's see here so normally i i do wake up at like 3 30 every day so to start i get to sleep in um and have a great night of sleep um and then it's at this point in my life it's pretty much just hanging out with my daughter as mm-hmm. much as possible. Maybe we, maybe we go to the zoo, 
have a nice lunch somewhere with my daughter and my wife, um, go play at a park or go by the water, something like that. But it's like right now, Tom, like it's really kind of boring and, and, and chill. And I'm sure a lot of the parents that listen to this will kind of echo my feelings. Uh, but my life kind of really revolves around my daughter right now. Um, before that, you know, pre-kids, that probably would have been on the golf course, you know, with some friends, having a few drinks, have a nice dinner, somewhere nice. Maybe a perfect day with me traveling somewhere that I really want to travel to. I could travel like at speed of light or teleport, you know, travel to Europe somewhere, something mm-hmm. like that, and just walk, bum around. I loved Rome when I was in Rome. So I'd love to go back there. Um, Istanbul was great too. So that was a lot mm-hmm. of fun. But yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's funny because it kind of brings us back to a couple of uh, what we were trying to talk about earlier, but it comes down to the simple things in life. Like nothing you said right, right there was this extravagant, cost a ton of money, right. you know, glitz and glam. It's the simple things in life that bring us the most joy. And a lot of that stuff we can, we can inject in our daily life pretty simply. You know, a lot of people don't feel like they're enjoying their life that much. And it's usually because of work is they get all consumed with work. And at the end of the day, we're not that important to our jobs. Like if we leave, if you quit your jobs, they're going to find somebody to replace you, you know, and you got to, you, it's always about like filling your cup up first. You got to give back to yourself so you could be better elsewhere. And life is too short to, to work your life away, you know, and, and, but it's the simple things. It's injecting your life with the simple things of like calling a friend and having coffee with them some morning, like a person you haven't talked to in five years, like that right there would probably start your day off so great. And you would just feel so energized and and fulfilled by just injecting that one little simple thing, you know, $5 into your day and have coffee with a friend, like finding those simple things that bring you joy, start injecting those throughout your week. And you're going to find that your weeks get a lot better. Um, it's, it's when we just do the daily grind of wake up, work, eat, sleep, wake up, work, eat, sleep, where we feel like life just passes us by. And we start questioning, like, why are we, what are we doing? I'm not having fun. Life sucks. And we just forget that it's the simple things. Right. No, I agree. hundred percent. Yeah, that's great. Um, next one. If you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with your extra time? Oh God. Um, well, think about I mean, that. That's like another eight hours in your day, like eight well, plus hours in your day. Yeah. I mean, okay. Do, do, does it have to be at the middle of the night then? So like, I'm not sleeping. I'm just up in the middle of the night. Yeah. You're, so yeah, yeah. Let's do it that way because like, you can't really change it. Cause like you're going to work yeah. in the middle of the night. So okay. let's say, yeah, you're, you get to just stay up all night long. You're a person that has a battery pack and you just never need to sleep. Yeah. Um, I'm probably reading a little bit more and, uh, glow in the dark golf. T- <laughs> I've never tried that actually. No, it does look fun. Uh, I, I would probably take my dog for evening walks because um, it's nice and cool and quiet then like walking. I don't know if, you, if you've ever like taken a walk around a neighborhood at nighttime. It's just really calming. And like mm-hmm. a lot of people are already as, uh, asleep and it's just like a nice meditative walk yeah. at night to be able to do that. So I think that would be good. Uh, right now I'd probably find myself maybe, you know what? I might work some during the night. So that way I don't have to work when it's actually light out and I could do more things during the day. That would be more fun. I was going to say, it's going to free up your day to where you can golf right. or something like right. that during there the day go. because you squared away everything at night. Right. Yeah. So that would probably be an option, which um, that was always one thing I found fascinating about uh, going back to Scott Mitchell is I remember getting emails from him at like one in the morning. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Emailing me at one in the morning. 
Well, yeah. I, you know, I just woke up and I got some things done and I got to deal with the kids stuff later on today. I'm like, okay, whatever. But, um, so I guess he had it figured out early on. That's what you should do. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, probably, probably that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 No, Scott, like, yeah, I remember that was one of the first things when I started working at Orange Shoe was yeah. Getting emails from Scott, like three o'clock in the morning, I'd wake up and like start doing my day. And like, I'd open my email box and see the timestamp on the email, like three 36 in the morning. I'm like, what the hell is Scott doing? Waking up at three 30. Like this email wasn't that important. So there's no way this was sitting on his brain, like making him not sleep. But like with this right. pressing issue, right. it was just like, Hey Tom, you know, just wanted to see if you wanted to grab, you know, coffee this afternoon and uh, you know, chat about life. I'm like, Oh, all right. Sounds good. Like you didn't need to send that at three 30 Scott, but it sounds good. But then right, you start right. to understand his systems. Right. And you're like, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's got four kids. Um, and the only time that he has time of like quiet and to knock out some emails and drink his coffee was three 30 in the right. morning. And um, right. you got to find those times in your day that are going to allow you to maybe get some stuff done. And it may be super early in the morning, but that it's amazing how that might just uh, help button up some things during your day to actually make your day a little bit more enjoyable. Yep. Right on. All right. Next one. Has anything ever happened to you that you cannot and still cannot explain? Uh, huh. Let's see. I don't, I mean, has that, has that ever happened to you? I was trying to think of this. Um, I think this is a tough one to just kind of like spur into your head. Yeah. Yeah. This might be something you have to chew on a little bit. Um, I I'm sure there has, but nothing that necessarily pops into my head. Um, the one, you know, you know, I always think about this, like this is not gonna, like this is not anything like extraterrestrial or anything that like, it's just like, I, it just kind of blows my mind. And um, there was, I always think about how like your life will lead you in different directions because those maybe decisions you made or um, things that had happened in your life that like steered you. Like, so I always think about, for instance, like my mom passed away when I was seven and we lived mm -hmm. in Chicago, bad neighborhood. Um, after my mom passed, my dad moved me and my sister up to Wisconsin to just better neighborhoods. He had some family members up here um, so that could help watch us and stuff um, so while he worked and things like that. But I always think about how my life would have differed if, if one, my mom, you know, went to pass away, we probably would have stayed down right. in Chicago. And, you know, what would my life have looked like there, you know, and so like, that is, it's not, it's not the same, but I've always just kind of wondering right. how decisions and, and, and different things in your life have to hear. But I had a friend who swears to this day that he had a UFO experience and he okay. cannot explain it. So long story short, him and his friends, a couple of friends who were outside, um, it's about midnight or something. And uh, they were just talking about athletics, football. So my buddy, my good friend, um, he uh, played college football. He was one year into his college football career. He was back home for the summer. His other friends were just graduating seniors in high school. And they're like, hey, man, what's it like at the next level playing college football? Because they're going to be going to play college football next. And so they were just talking, right? And they both looked up to the sky. They all looked up and there's this super bright light that came and kind of like zipped right above them. And then they looked at it. And as they were looking at the light, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then out of, so out of nowhere, it just like took off. And they all just looked at each other and they both all just, they said they all just got up and got in their cars and just left. There was like, they right. couldn't believe they couldn't comprehend what just happened. Well, the next day they were hanging out with some other friends and my friend was like, Hey, last night we saw this crazy, you know, light came over and he's like, Zach, tell them about it. And Zach's like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. And he just would not even talk about it. He was like, I don't <laughs> even talk about your crazy. That didn't happen. He's like, what are you talking about? It didn't happen. We were sitting next to each other. 
And so to this day, he won't even bring it up. He'll bring it up to his friend and Zach will just be like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I don't. Right. I, and so that's been one of his experiences that I can sure. think of. That's kind of weird, but nothing to me. You know what? I, I just thought of like, not, there's nothing specific with this, but you know, one thing that always kind of weirds me out is um, deja vu. You ever get deja vu? Just happened two nights like, ago with Kelly and I was going to bring this up too. I was like, what? Like, I'm sure maybe there's people that have looked into this and I, I just don't know. I haven't found it myself, but I'm always weirded out by deja vu. Cause I'm like, this has happened before, yeah. or I've had this conversation before, or I've met this person before, but I just can't quite place it. And I know it's just probably some sort of like brain signal mix up thing going on, but it does kind of weird you out a little bit. For sure. Yeah. yeah. We just had the other day, we were, we were in the kitchen cooking and I was at like the sink. Kelly was at the stove. And I just told her, I go, I'm having a very crazy deja vu moment right now. Like this has all happened, like this conversation and how the day has gone, like everything felt very similar. Right. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just really unexplainable. And then within like 15 seconds later, I kind of lost that feeling, but yeah, deja vu is definitely, yeah. definitely weird. It's kind of like past life type stuff or like right. this, you know, like past future things like that. And it's kind of intertwining and um, yeah, there's, that's like one of those questions like that you kind of wish like a crystal ball. Right. right. You ask like, you know, what is deja vu or, you know, something like that to kind of get yeah. those, those big questions. So, yeah. All right, Brent. Well, I'm going to ask you one question that I think this is going to be a fun one to ask because we've brought it up his name a couple of times. Tell me your best Scott Mitchell story. Oh my God. Um, there are ask all the owners a, this now. a lot of stories about Scott Mitchell. Um, but the one, so Scott and I, for a long time, did a lot of uh, law enforcement training. And this will just kind of tell you the yin, and, the yin and yang of Scott and I and why we worked so well together for so many years. We were doing this law enforcement training and we're going to Southwest Technical College in Fenimore and two-day training course. And the plan was to try and come up with a workout plan for all these law enforcement officers. And Scott had no idea how we were going to present these things. Basically I had created some workouts and stuff like that, but we needed to fill eight hours of, and have eight hours of content that, that day to be like, okay, what are we talking about? And in the car on the way there, Scott's just kind of like slinging stuff around. And I'm just <laughs> like raging pissed because I'm one of those people that's like, not that it needs to be like set perfectly, but like there's gotta be at least an outline of what we're going to do. And I'm just like, this is going to be a disaster. This is going to be a disaster. <laughs> and we get there, we end up doing it. Everything works out fine. It's okay. But it's just a perfect example of like how Scott and I have operated where he's always like the 30,000 foot big picture view kind of guy. And then I'm the kind of guy that just, all right, Scott, that's your view. Fine here. We're going to condense this down. This is the details. This is the, the nuts and bolts of how this has to operate and how this has to work. Um, but early on in my career, like it was really hard to deal with that. Um, when I'm in my mid twenties and I'm like, Oh, I do not want to look foolish in front of these police officers. We're going to look stupid. And Scott's just like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. So <laughs> yeah, that's the first one that comes to me. Oh, what do you great. got for him? Um, oh man, you know, I'm gonna have to think about this. There's a few, there's a couple of good ones. Um, I think, you know, a lot of it, I think is, is kind of similar to yours where it's an idea. And then 
having to like be very open-ended and then trying to really try to get your like try to get clear on what that actually means or where right. it's going to go um but i think i'm gonna I'll, i'm gonna think of one and i'm gonna save it for when i think i'm gonna have kelly interview me to get to know the owner okay. or something like that the other the other thing like funny this isn't necessarily me but with and I, I don't mean to scott when you listen to this i'm sorry if it sounds like we're bashing on you it's just all in fun um but i can't tell you how many clients like when scott would do group workouts you'll remember this when you were working at fitchburg people loved working with scott they just loved working with him yeah but all his group workouts if you remember were very chaotic yes and discombobulated and like he'd have a plan going into it and then halfway through the workout he would like totally change the plan or there was always clients that like scott it, it would explain something and everybody would look at each other like what is he talking about and they would have to kind of decipher it and then he would just like call an audible like right in the middle of the workout and then people would be like oh my god you should have seen the workout scott tried to have us take us through it was so funny you know, he was doing this, this, and this, but you know, it worked out fine, but he is just does not have it together. And I'm like, I know it's just, it's the experience of Scott. Like it is what it is. So yeah, he used to love uh, making people push his car. That was, that yes. was a big thing. Like he'd put his car yes. in neutral and that was part of the workout. Let's go to the parking lot. You're pushing my car. <laughs> but here's yes. the thing about Scott though. He's so good at creating memories. Yes. You know, that is yes. one, like that is a superpower of Scott. Like Scott is so great at understanding and like how, to create memories and just make people laugh because when you hear these stories from clients, they're all memories and they all laugh yep. about it. And it's, that is like, I think if anything, we could all learn from Scott is just like create memories. And at the end of, at the end of the day, this is just working out. This, does, this isn't, you know, yeah. anything super serious or crazy. Like you could have some fun doing it. And those are sometimes the most memorable workouts and the reason why people come back because they know when they take Scott's class, like they're, yeah. they have no idea what they're going to get, but they know that it's going to be fun. They're probably going to laugh and they're going to have a story to tell. And I think that's like yeah. one thing to take from him is like, just create memories. And that's what he's still about today. It's like anything you do, if you could create a memory, it's always going to come back to you, yeah. you know, tenfold. So one, one more Scott memory, more like Scott wasn't the result that what didn't instigate this, but at one time we did a charity event, train the trainer event. And I've probably told you this story before he, uh, this one client, he was this guy who just liked to work out, but he said right away, he's like, I'm not changing how I eat. I eat Taco Bell every single day. I'm not going to stop eating Taco Bell, yada, yada, yada. And that was kind of like a big joke around the gym with him. But one time we did this train the trainer event. So for 10 minutes, this guy got to train Scott because he donated um, some money to do so. And he made Scott eat Taco Bell and drink Mountain Dew while doing push-ups and wall sits, so like and burpees. So Scott would oh. basically have to do go on a wall sit, take a bite and drink some Mountain Dew, then do some burpees, go back to the wall sit, eat some more Taco Bell, do some more burpees. And I remember watching this, just being like, I would throw up. I would throw oh, absolutely. Just, and Scott was just taking it like a champ, laughing, having a good time, eating Taco Bell. But it was so gross. So gross. And I bet you that guy still tells that story. Oh, I'm sure. I bet you that client still tells that story. I'm sure he goes every gym that he's ever been at to that point. I'm sure he's probably brought that up. Like, you know, one time I trained my trainer and I made him do this. Like, I bet you that was a memory that is seared in his brain forever. Yeah. 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 Creating so. memories. That's all it's about. Creating <laughs> memories. 
Well, Brent, I don't want to take up any more of your time. I appreciate you uh, coming on to the podcast. I think a lot of people are really going to enjoy this. Get to know, get to know you, especially the the all the clients at Fitchburg will really get to kind of know a little bit more about Brent because a lot of the locations you may know your owner, uh, you may know who they are, they may have done your consult, but you may not work with them a lot. You may not get to know them as much as you do your lead trainer that you see the majority of the time. So I think this is going to be a really great segment for everybody just to get to know the get to know the owners a little bit more. And um, to have that connection with them a little bit more and, um, and who knows, maybe it'll uh, make those people like uh, clients to maybe reach out and try to hop in Brent's schedule, even though they work in the evenings or something like that. So, you know, come work out with Brent, right? Get to know the, get to know the owners a little bit more. Um, and I think this would be a great segment to do, uh, to kind of facilitate that. So thank you so much for taking the time and, and um, chat with me today, Brent. Thanks, Tom. No, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And uh, I'm sure I'll get some questions and or feedback from some of my people at Fitchburg already giving me grief about something. Yeah. Or I'm sure people are going to like hear some of these questions and have their answers to the questions that right, we just talked right. about. So exactly. I, think be, exactly. yeah, I think this would be fun. So thanks a lot, Brent. Yep. See you, Tom. Hey everyone. Welcome back. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed learning about Brent. Uh, Brent is a fantastic individual who's been with the organization for a long time and will be a part of Orange Shoe for a long time moving into the, the future and is an integral part of, I think, just you know fantastic growth within an amazing organization. So I hope you guys enjoyed it and learned a little bit more about Brent. And um, I hope that um, if you get a chance to meet him, you'll introduce yourself and uh, get to chat with him a little bit more. So thank you so much for listening. Um, if you have any questions or any recommendations on topics you would like covered in the future, please use the link in the bio to send me a voice message and just kind of letting me know what's on your mind. I would love to hear it. So thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day.